You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Khan Bayazit. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 71 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. And back with me again is the Padawan himself, Evron Akman from Canton, New York. How you doing, sir? What's up, what's up? Welcome back. Hi, yeah, uh, you're, you've become a, a little more than a substitute teacher at this point, I think we can say. Yeah, I'm an interim manager. Of these yeah, things. whoa, whoa, manager, take it easy over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but it is, uh, you are definitely a, a co-host, I think we can say, senor. Uh, so welcome to the team, officially, I guess. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are waiting for Khan, he will be back. Uh, next week, we have a special episode in store uh, to coincide with the final match day of the season we're gonna get little um kind of after the beeps from a number of our listeners uh friends and of the podcast who who have uh guest appeared on the show a few times or whatever uh and, and then a number of our friends from our uh, Besiktas international group as well so that should be fun and of course Khan will be back for that to help mediate all those voices um but here we were, Evran. Uh, this was, of course, going to be kind of the deciding match, and we were on the road in Trabzon. What did you think, Evran, going into this match? What were your thoughts? Uh, I think it was going to be a, a tough game. Trabzon's a good team, and they always play well, but I was, I've seen them choke before. In the, in the recent games against other big teams, so I thought that we could hopefully pull out another result and keep the pressure on for second place. But indeed, um, and we'll we'll obviously talk about that. Results have come in since our match that pertain to uh, that that whole thing, the whole second place thing or whatever. Um, but of course, it would be irrelevant if we didn't get a result against Trabzon. And a little correction from last week, I said that we were in the clear, I think. I think I said we were safe from getting caught up on by Trabzon, but of course that is actually not true. We were almost safe. But so we had a five-point lead going into this match, which, me, which meant that if Trabzon beat us, then they could actually theoretically still pass us into second place should we not get a result in the final match day. Um, but of course, with a draw or a win, we would confirm third place at the very least so there was there was something to, to say for this match there was something riding on it well I mean Evron let's be let's be realistic here and of course we don't want to spoil anything but at the same time we know how things have shaken out so like try to erase what's happened 
Going into this match, did you really realistically think that we could potentially still win a title or, or, or at the very least get into second? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I understood the calculations that were necessary to get first place, but I was really just hoping for second place. Yeah. So you were being a realist? That was like my... Not really a realist, it was more of that was... That's hopeful even for second place. Or, yeah, and I guess now we're already treading in... Being realistically yeah, hopeful. Yeah, more real, yeah. More... Okay, yeah, like a, a hopeful, realistic optimist. If we, uh, but anyway, so we're already <laughs> treading on uh, dangerous water here, getting into results a little. Uh, so let's just get into it. Um, the lineups were interesting. Uh, Loris Kyrgios started in the back. Domingosvida and Isi Miran started on the back line with Adriano on the right side and Janer on the left side of the defense. In the midfield, we saw Atiba Hutchinson and Gary Medel starting on the, at the back of the midfield with uh, Adem Lijajic at the number 10 and Quaresma on the right side and Guven Yalcin on the left with Barak Yilmaz up front. Now, at its face, it's not like a crazy lineup, nothing too drastic. But of course, the big change is having Medel and Atiba on the back line of the defense, uh, sorry, of the midfield together. Um, interesting move. What are your thoughts, Evron, about that lineup? Um, well, with Dorukan injured, I guess it was logical. Someone else had to come in and. Uh, I was just happy it wasn't Egypt, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I guess there was a silver lining to that. Yeah, of course you want to see a central midfielder playing alongside Atiba, and so I don't think it's. Well, it was honest, probably. Yeah, there. exactly. I was going to say it's not irrational to want to have seen Ozan playing there. Uh, of course, he hasn't played in quite a while, uh, so it's maybe not. Yeah, while we're talking about realism and all of that, perhaps not the most realistic thing to expect. But uh, could have been called for. Anyway, uh, that was it for the lineups. Do you, did you have any thoughts on, on Trabzon going into it? I don't want to go over their whole lineup, but... Um, they basically put out their strongest team. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they were putting an Akuban up in, in midfield, but uh, I think overall this is their best team especially considering they the players they sold so yeah it, it's still weird to see urjan and as their keeper so you know yeah I, I thought like remember it was only like a few years ago i guess where they had two very good starting caliber uh like national team caliber keepers uh and they didn't really you know it was like a surplus of talent and uh, here they are anyway um God, that was already a long time ago. I feel like I just realized how old I was. Because Toga was on Trabzon, what, five years ago? Oh, yeah, when they had Tolga and, and Onur. Yeah, that was a while ago. Five years? Yeah, they just had Onur the past few years. Five years? But yeah, probably something Four. like that. 2013. If, if, I, if I'm lucky. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, but so let's let's talk about uh, this match. Let's, let's go into the details a little bit. So, right off the bat, I mean, the first half was... Ugly, especially if you're a Besiktas fan. I think Trabzon looked the more likely to strike, but nothing happened uh, throughout the whole half. Not a goal was scored. It, 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 we went into halftime at nil-nil. The only real moment was John Erkin getting himself a yellow card, or at least you know 
official moment, you know, where there's something <laughs> yeah, uh, noted. But of course, there was a lot of action that was not officially noted. Uh, and everyone, I'll hand it over to you as our colleague commentator. I mean, what were the big moments of that half that you recall specifically? Um, it was a lot of uh, pressure from Trabzon, just consistently. But towards the last like five minutes, Bishaw started getting into the rhythm and had a humongous chance. Burak got the ball, edge of the six-yard box, turned just the goalie. Goalie closed him down, but you know he still had time to do something. But he kind of like rushed the shot, fell as he was shooting, and goalie saved it. So that was the biggest chance of the half. Yeah, ironically, right? Just a lot of yeah, and then just a lot of constant pressure from Trabzon. Yeah, Car- the first forty minutes. Karius made a couple saves, I think, thematically that would sort of represent his day. He did pretty well. Um, yeah, and the irony I think was that. It's absolutely true that Burak had the best chance of the half and probably should have scored if we're looking at this all in a vacuum, you know, considering how he's played of late for Besiktas and all. Um, so it would have been very unjust if Besiktas had scored there because they were clearly outclassed for much of the half. But at the same time, it's really hard to argue that that wasn't the best opportunity of the half so that uh, unfortunately it didn't go down that way and yeah they went into the half at nil nil at halftime Besiktas made two subs and these were this is where things started getting a little weird so Kagawa came in for Adriano officially and Nejip came in for Gary Medell of course that's weird because in fact, Nejip slid to the right-back's position for where, where Adriano was, so I don't know why that wasn't just a clear mm-hmm. swap. Maybe they just didn't put them out in the right order or something, you know, because they were putting them both on at the same time. Um, but yeah, Medel came out, so I guess we could sort of say for Kagawa, so meaning we went from not having a central midfielder but having two defensive midfielders to not having a central midfielder, but having two attacking midfielders in the way of Kagawa and Liayic. So, you know, interesting. Was there a shift in the midfield there, there, Evron? Like, did I... Yeah, Liayic dropped back to, like, a more Ozan-esque role. So, in fact... Not that he defended as much, but, yeah, he played a little deeper. Okay, so it was, in fact, Liayic who took over the, the kind of central midfielder role. Yeah. Interesting. That would be something to note later on. So... Just seven minutes later, or I guess eight, technically, from the half, something would happen. (laughs) In the 53rd minute, a goal would be scored by Trabzonspor. Novak would be the goal scorer. Omur would be credited with the assist. And I hand it over to you, sir, for the color commentary. Yeah, so uh, Abdul Kadir got the ball, like, around around the half line. It's kind of started, like dribbling forward turned around just looking for some space just found some space starts starts like going down the half space you know in between the wing and the midfield and then easy is like chasing him but he doesn't really commit to a tackle he just keeps going keeps going all the way to the end line keep chasing him keep chasing no one fouls him no one tackles him he's able to lift across all the way to the far post where novak is unmarked and he nods it home yeah and i i I think I remember someone in our group criticizing Isimat, but I had then kind of quickly reviewed it, and I thought it was a little unfair to put that on him because we've actually seen this before where just a few weeks ago we had the same talk, but 
You see, Matt was covering him. Maybe he could have been a little bit more aggressive uh, to try to take the ball off. But someone came up to support from 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 the back line. And so Isimat eased off, I think, thinking he was sort of covered. And it was another one of those scenarios where then that backfired. And, yeah. you know, there was a miscommunication or something. I can't. I think it may have been Janair. Um, maybe I just want to want to believe that because he was pretty bad all day defensively. But anyway, that would be it. 53rd minute, 1-0. Trabs on Spore had the lead. And then it would be a sort of torrid affair from there. Besiktas would kind of rest control of the match, at least possession-wise, of course. I mean, naturally going down a goal. But it should be noted that I think at the half, Trabzon had like 57% possession. So they really were, you, I, mean, I think you could say, the dominant side and had been until that goal was scored. Uh, and then possession switched um, almost immediately and Besiktas started staying on the ball quite a bit. And for a moment, a brief moment, things looked good between Shinji Kagawa, Adam Lijic, and Atiba Hutchinson, interestingly. Uh, they were passing fluidly. Uh, I was intrigued. You know, we've long been hoping for the Lijic-Kagawa combination to work somehow. Uh, I don't know if this is the way it will, and we'll talk about that. But uh, in the 72nd minute, Isi Miran <laughs> would get himself a yellow card. Uh, but in the 74th minute, Shinji Kagawa would score a goal. Uh, Adem Lijic setting it up nicely. Um, and actually, you could really say Kagawa set it up for himself in a way because he had a very lovely ball to Lijic. Oh, wait, what am I doing? Yeah, you tell us okay. what happened, everyone. So, Trabzon tried to play a, a ball out to the right or to their, yeah, to their right. And uh, Kwarajma cut it off. Plays a long ball to the top of the box to Kagawa. Kagawa turns, slots in Lajic. Lajic has like good chance to shoot. Starts to like try like do something nice with it, but then he just started like stumbling on the ball. Chaos kind of ensues. Everyone kind of expect him to shoot. So then the the defender dives in. The goalie comes out, and the ball just kind of starts spilling around. Bounces off the defender, falls back to Lajic, and he just toe pokes it. Goalie was already out of the ball trying to claim it. So Kagawa just had a pretty simple, not a simple tap in, but you know, almost open goal. And he just passed it right in. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And um, what I had sort of started to do when I was sealing your job there t temporarily was talk about Kagawa's pass to Lijic, which was very nice. And I think Lijic probably could have one-timed it, but he got a little too fancy, almost screwed things up. But he did recover and it was clearly a a nice little pass in the end to, to set Kagawa up for an easy goal. Yeah. Um, in in the midst of that chaos, I don't. You're not a Game of Thrones guy, Evron, but uh, there's a character named Littlefinger who talks about chaos being a ladder. Uh, that you know, some people who, who some people thrive in chaos, and so they can use that as an opportunity to succeed. Anyway, but so this was the case. Um, certainly, Lyaich seemed to almost compose himself as the chaos got out of hand but anyway yeah there it was one to one 74th minute Besiktas was back in this game maybe unfairly in the in the grand scheme of things although they had rested control of the match possession wise um and there it was in Trabzon Besiktas looking to get a result and then from there on that like right after that goal it looked for a brief shiny moment like that midfield combination 
was really something to, to write home about. There was great fluidity there, communication, um, the uh, experience of Atiba and Kagawa looked to be um, turning into something, you know, they, they were seeing each other, you know, kind of before they were doing things like they had a, but literally like in one <laughs> terrible fall from grace in the 77th minute, literally in that exact pairing and combination I was talking about where they were passing fluidly amongst themselves, um, something happened and Trabzon scored to take the lead. And I'll hand it over to you, man. Tell us what happened yeah, so as you see it. Kagawa was, was like kind of dropped deep with the ball, like the deepest midfielder, try to turn out. And then uh, he was dispossessed, unfortunately, in a kind of dangerous position. Um, I, well, I, I, I actually want to correct you on there. It's been looked into that it was 75 yards from the other side's goal so it should not necessarily have been well a particularly dangerous it position. wasn't like a, a guaranteed goal but it was certainly not a position where it's ideal to lose the ball when you're the deepest midfielder so Charles on basically had a free run at the back four from a long long way Yusuf just kept they kept kind of like dropping back you know containing and then Yusuf Yazidja had an open shot from about 23 24 yards just curled it right in to the top corner. Kerry's got a slight fingertip on it, but can only tip it onto the post. And that was 2-1. Yeah, and we'll probably have to talk about this at greater length, but I still feel that the problem there was positional in that you know, clearly we're, we're moving forward, but there's got to be like you had mentioned earlier that Adem Ljajic was the man who'd been sort of transitioned into that you know, number eight role or whatever it is. Um, so, and, and then not even that alone, there's got to be a defender in that space behind Kagawa, e even just as support for him to pass to, if, if it comes to that. But, uh, so like, I think a lot of people are quick to criticize Kagawa for letting up that, that possession. And of course it's not ideal to ever uh, do so, but, um, I still feel like positionally there was something not going on right there. And there are a number of guys you can look at. On the back line, uh, I think it's Isi Mott who is the on the left side. Yeah. Uh, in the typically. back. And, and then John Air also has a – I mean, clearly when you're in the attack, you expect your fullbacks to be going forward a little bit. But then you also might expect them to be pacey enough. And John Air should be, really, if you think about it. To, uh, to be able to make up for, for ground they've lost you know, by going forward, if they're going to go forward, which is really Janeiro's biggest problem as a player, if we're going to be uh, a little bit more generalizing in this uh, analysis. He has always struggled to make up for, for his desire to go forward, which, uh, anyway, we'll talk about later more. But, so as things stood, there it was, 77th minute, Trabzon is down 2-1. to one. Or sorry, Trabzon is up two to one. Besiktas, we are down by a goal uh, in the 85th minute. Ekuban would come into the match for Rodallega, who actually I'm, I'm gonna go on the record as saying made my list. <laughs> um, he had a, a few really terrible flops, but there was one in particular where I, I just decided I, I've had I don't like I don't like this character. <laughs> I, I really didn't. Uh, He's, he's a pretty good player. He's very serviceable. I just I don't see the need for him to, to do that stuff 
or anyone. I, it's, it's a trait that I've disliked in footballers my whole life. But anyway, in the 87th minute, Amiri would come in for Parmak. They've clearly decided to sit back a little more. Uh, naturally, they're up a goal here. It's an important result for them and keeps them uh, in contention for third place. In the 88th minute, Guven Yalcin would come out for Jeremain Lenz. In the 91st minute, Sosa got himself a yellow card and Amiri. In the 94th minute, Yusuf Yaziji would get himself a yellow card. Uh, and in the 95th minute, he would come out of the match for Akinar. And that would be how it would end. Somehow they made a sub at the exact same time the match ended. So I guess it must have been a matter of seconds um, before they blew the whistle there. But there it was. Besiktas lost 2-1 to one in Trabzon. I mean, it's not a result that you would like say is incomprehensible, generally speaking, right? Yeah. Trabzon's a pretty good side. You're on the road. They have a very serious fan base. But uh, yeah, that's it. Two to one. Any comments, everyone? And then uh, I'll actually hand it over to you for the stat flash. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was kind of like we, we we sucked the first half, and then if we got lucky, maybe we'd have scored one, but wasn't meant to be. And then the second half, we started looking better. Then we conceded right away. Well, not right away, but like. It was just, we didn't start well, and then when things started to go our way, we conceded at the wrong time, kind of lost our momentum, finally equalized, and then managed to concede again like a minute later. We also, they also hit the post like 30 seconds after they scored, or we scored. So it was just like, yeah. the, the momentum shifts we did not deal with well. Like, to no. come out of the half, or to right after we scored, to continue going strong, we just, it was one of those games that we could have got lucky in, but... In the end, they deserve to win. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think one has to look at the subs, right? Because, A, on the one hand, the team was playing very poorly in the first half. They made subs and then were playing better. But, B, on the other hand, they also immediately uh, relinquished a goal and, uh, you know, ultimately lost the game with that, with those changes in place. I mean, so... I mean, maybe this is a talking point that we'll have to talk about after we do our, once we start our analysis. But so don't answer that question. <laughs> uh, everyone, tell me a little bit about the stats here. All right. Well, I got my nerdy stats, so uh, we can go a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> I'll start with the more basic ones. Nice. Everyone else understands. Stat nerd. Stat nerd. Um, so uh, we had overall in the whole game 57.8% possession. Compared to their 42, but um, they took 19 shots to our eight, and uh, we had an equal amount of uh, quote-unquote big chances. But obviously, they had more overall chances um, by like a a large margin. Um, we had a 84% pass success, which is one of our our better ones. Yeah, but, generally uh, a good sign. Yeah, um, but we did more passes in our own half. In their half and they completed more passes in our half than their own half so if you can see where the possession was being played they were a little more uh, progressive with their uh their possession now get on to my nerd stats um nice. <laughs> they beat us 2-1 and uh 
the the distribution of chances on average would say that was fair because they were expected to score 2.3 goals and we were expected to score 1.5. So can't say it was two to like, one. Yeah, can't say it was too unfair. Um, we did not have a we had almost zero expected goals until Burak's chance in the 40 about 43rd minute, but that was actually worth. Uh, that was a, obviously a massive chance. Yeah. Um. But in the second half, we were we were much better in the first half in terms of creating chances. But it was again too kind of like the Gala game where we didn't do anything in the first half and came back to bite us. Um, in terms of the uh, passing, like the pass maps, if you look at the average like touches of each player's position, obviously I can't show you the picture. But uh, Charles don't have like this, you know. It looks normal, but our team is a bit out there because instead of Burak being the highest up on his field, uh, his average touch was actually in the midfield, right next to mm-hmm. Lajic's average touch position, and also right next to Guven's average touch position, which is they're all clumped. Quaresma's actually had the highest average like position on the field of touching the ball, which is not good because it shows you that we were not really effective at transitioning to that final third um and uh despite the fact that as i'll talk about later i didn't think he actually had a, a great game but adam Leitch, um passes contributed the most to the chances that we did create yeah makes sense but yeah and uh sosa had an excellent game statistically like really i'm not gonna go crazy on him but he was he, he was very good Visually, and then when you look at the stats, just every everything was not off the charts, but very good. Yeah, I mean, I don't even really know what to say about those stats, if I'm going to be honest. It, it's weird that in the end, we ended with like that much possession, 58% or whatever it was compared to them, uh, given how clearly lopsided it had been the opposite way in the first half. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not that weird considering we were behind for much of the second half, but it's unfortunate because I actually feel like it's not a very good time, you know, the, the penultimate match day of the season, but we were actually starting to, to find some a new look in our midfield, and it was, you know, more fluid in that second half in a positive way than I feel like we've seen in some time, and that came at a price too, though, right? Because we were playing with two attacking midfielders, and again, that goal is a good representative of, of where when guys are playing out of position, particularly guys who are used to being in the attack, uh, you know, you're a little weaker defensively, especially against a team who can counterattack well, like uh, Trabzon obviously is inclined to. Um, so yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird match. And again, like the, the, how many more shots they had, everything about the match was pretty weird. <laughs> uh, but and, and and more than just weird, like it, it it really ran counter to a lot of what the stats were showing throughout the season regarding possession, regarding passing accuracy. Typically, in losses like this, we'd have a very low passing accuracy, which would go some ways towards explaining why uh, we lost. But so there's not. I I feel like if you watched the game, you saw a dominant display by Trabzon for the most part. Maybe not less in the second half, obviously. But uh, if you see those stats, you're sort of told a very weird story that's very inconclusive. So I don't know. All, all I can say is that I, I do think Trebzon deserved the win, honestly. They deserved the three points. 
Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I would, I would agree that. Um, I mean, if if we got a little lucky, I don't think we would have lost, but we were we didn't deserve to win. Yeah, for sure. And we probably didn't even deserve a draw, but yeah, it's, it was one of those ones where you take it, obviously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that is a good segue, I think, to go into what that means for for Besiktas and in the league in at large. It's important to note that uh, since our match, another big match has occurred. Today, Galatasaray hosted Basakshi here won the match 2-1 to one, uh, Feguli and Onyekuru scoring uh, after Bayic actually Bayic gave uh, gave the lead so uh, Galatasaray won the title as a product of all of this um, Galatasaray ends this week on 69 points Basakshi here 66 and Besiktas ends on 62. Of course, even had Besiktas won, they would have 65 points now, meaning they would only be one point behind Besiktas here and still very much in contention for a second place spot, especially considering the extent to which Besiktas has absolutely collapsed. You can, I think you can almost expect them to, to do something catastrophic next week. But alas, it does not matter because Besiktas got zero points and so are four points behind Basakshir here and seven behind league champions Galatasaray. The bad news, or I should say the worst news maybe <laughs> for Besiktas is that by not getting any points, Trabzonspor is now only two points behind Besiktas. The good news therein, of course, is that Besiktas now only needs a draw, I think, to get through. What is the head-to-head with Trabzon? Do you know? Um, we tied at home, so we need to win. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Assuming a draw that they, would yeah. not be enough. Assuming if, that they won. Yeah. Right, if Trabzon wins. So basically, I mean, Besiktas still has it in their hands to take third place. Uh, a win seals it. But I'm going to be honest, like, perhaps this is like a little bit of late season nihilism and disappointment but um i don't even care man like if we had to play one of those preliminary qualifiers against like that'd be two but yeah. austria an austrian side or whatever like I, it, honestly i feel like we actually had a pretty good preseason, and that, that those early europa league matches were kind of helpful in that regard because it adds a little edge to those matches that they're actually competitive you know but against generally fairly i mean very weaker sides you could say for the most part so i i i i don't really care that much about fourth obviously you want to get third and you want to have the the direct route to the europa league group stages and all of that but like that would be helpful yeah you know at the same uh, no i mean whatever it's the last match day of the season shano ganesh is leaving he's gonna play his favorites right he's gonna play burak He's going to play Quaresma. Hey, um, he's probably going to play Nejip. <laughs> you know it. You know it, man. Um, yeah, yeah. In the, in the like lone striker position. He'll put Pekdemek on the wing. Just to, you know. Or he'll put Nejip in the goal just like to, to hurt Karius' ego one last time <laughs> before he leaves. His psychological terrorism. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. 
that's it for that for that that's that's the table i guess what might be worth knowing otherwise is that uh bursa drew today uh, against Gustepe today being sunday um and so the, the, why that's relevant is that Gustepe is in 15th Bursa in 16th place um Erzurum Spore with a win on Monday tomorrow for us could actually pass Bursa into that 16th spot putting them in 17th and in the second to last spot in the league all of this is to say that Bursa Spore is very much in danger of relegation and there's a bit of a battle down there at the bottom between Gustepe, Bursa, and Erzurumspor. Uh, in theory, Ankara Guju could enter that fray with a loss on Monday. It'd be interesting. Sure. Um, so I guess what's worth noting is that Erzurumspor is hosting Fenerbahce on Monday and Ankara Guju is hosting Sivaspor. And so those games are both very relevant to the relegation battle for those interested. And so I'll point all of you guys to our once proud co-host Khan uh, and his podcast, uh, Football a la Turca. Uh, yeah, but he uh, goes at length, goes into all of these matches and all the, you know, what it all means for everyone. They have a couple of glasses today, guys there who are probably gonna gloat on air <laughs> about their championship. Uh, rightfully, I guess. I mean, I don't know, rightfully or not. But yeah, uh, that's where you can hear all the latest about the league itself. But that's none of our business, man. This is a Besiktas podcast. True. We are Besiktas fans in sort of slight despair. Uh, let's talk about this match, man. I, I, I'm going to steer our conversation a little bit here. Before we give out our highlights and lowlights, I want to talk a little bit about... The subs at halftime. Remember, I had sort of started asking that question earlier. The subs at halftime, and uh, what you know, what they mean for us. Um, what what did that second half tell you about our midfield, about the potential Kagawa Liayic pairing, uh, all of that? I mean, the subs were weren't bad. I just didn't understand why Adriano came off instead of John Arab. Is John Arab was was awful but um i'm guessing maybe there was i'm hoping there was an injury there but uh midfield wise i think it showed that it was probably better when kagawa and lyage both play centrally instead of throwing lyage out to the wing but i think it worked better overall but it still wasn't it still wasn't you know ozhan sosa levels of not to be uh you know too much of a throwback, but yeah. Well, and but you also have to remember that those guys got quite a bit of time together. Yeah. Um, but I, I to think develop as a pairing. But I, I actually, clearly, I think where where I agree with you is that um, that's not an ideal pairing uh, in in the center there because again, right, we see the clear defensive issue. Uh, I still don't like. I think that you can play if you have a great winger on the other flank like on the right side like quite uh, one yeah well, someone <laughs> <laughs> um I, and actually i'll be i'll be honest with you i actually like 
the rapport on the pitch that guys like Quaresma have with Liaich and uh, Kagawa, because they all have that creative flair and they're all looking to do something special, you know, and so they're actually looking at each other to do things like as well, make moves that people don't expect. Uh, and so you always see that creative flair. I think it brings it out in all of them all the more when they're on the pitch. But so my point being, and maybe it is Quaresma, I mean, given his age and, and all of that, maybe not, but you definitely need someone who can stay on the wing and cross the ball well and like stick to his duties there. And if you have that in place on one side, I feel like you can afford to have a guy like Liajic on the left side straying inside, almost like Babel did, honestly, uh, but even more with the intent to distribute um, and play as a kind of attacking midfielder. And then you can still have, you know, a defensive midfielder and a central midfielder. The problem, I don't think we have that central midfielder right now. And on, on paper, right, Ozzy would be the man. Yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, Shano Ganesh was like allergic to even seeing how he would play with those guys. Um, so I don't know what that means. I, what I'm saying is I don't think Kagawa and Liaich work unless we have a central midfielder who is sort of defensively inclined, but at the same time can come up and support and uh, distribute the ball well. You know, who's not gonna gonna be attacking the goal necessarily, right? Um, I don't think Dorokan is that man. I've said before, I think his inclination is more defensive. Um, and he's good in that role. He, he like when he's charging back and taking the ball off guys, he's he's, he's excellent. He he can cover distance well. And I mean, but I don't I don't know. I, I I still feel like we have an issue there. I don't think Dorokan is an ideal defensive midfielder because he's not particularly good at holding the ball where he needs to and like shielding guys off of it and then you know kind of control like calming down the tempo when it's required. Um, we still kind of need Atiba for that. Whenever Atiba played, we, we reached the 80% passing accuracy mark. And whenever he didn't, we, we didn't. I, I don't know if that's like official, official, but that's when I, that's one benefit of doing these stat flashes every week. Is it's like a definite trend um, that his impact in that regard is huge still. So I don't know what we do without an Atiba. And I don't think Dorokan yet uh, fulfills all of those, you know, checks all the boxes that Atiba does. Um, so th there's kind of a problem there in our midfield, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, and I don't think it's Kagawa and Liajic. I, I still think that pairing can work, but we don't have the other parts to make it work. And to be fair, like, is Atiba even in the plans going forward? We'll see. <laughs> there's some murmurings. I wouldn't say anything like legit saying that he extended, but we don't really know what's going on. I saw that, yeah. Uh, and that's good in a way, because clearly, again, we, he, he's shown that we have a need for him. But we also either need to, he needs to be taking Dorkon under his wing and showing him how to do some of these things, or we need someone who has some of those skills on the ball to be coming in behind Atiba as his, you know, as the next gen. Uh, and, and, and additionally, I think we need a central midfielder, honestly, who's, who's um, a little bit more proficient in linking you know, different phases of the team. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. And I, 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 <laughs> the problem with saying that we should just give up on, on 
Lijic and Kagawa is that that's really where the the talent is in our midfield right now. If anything, it's the, it's the other parts that really need to be fixed in the offseason one way or another. And if it means a new coach re-sparking uh, Ozan's like passion for, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't even really know what happened with Ozan. I mean, quickly, everyone, before we move on to the next topic, what are your thoughts on Ozan? You know, Khan um, and I have talked about him on here, but no one knows your take. Uh, I think he's, uh, you know, he's a, he needs confidence, and he clearly doesn't have it. Um, he has been he hasn't been good for a while now, but it's been like a steady decline. Um, I think he's still, I still want him. I don't think it's worth giving up on him just yet. Yeah, I don't know if he's so. so last week we hinted at rumors with Everton; those have heated up. Now they're they're like reporting that they're going to be able to get him for a cut rate price. And in theory, right, he played like not at all this season, so that would be how it would go. Uh, but, yeah, uh, especially in the second half, he hasn't played. But if anything, that's reason not to sell him. Um, we want yeah. to maybe get his price tag up again. But yeah, I mean, that, that's my thoughts about the midfield. Honestly, I, I still, if there is one positive note to take from yesterday's match, I feel like we saw that there's some way probably for someone to make the Liage Kagawa thing work should they decide to bring in both guys. And this is actually a perfect segue to a, a news item that I'll briefly mention before we uh, dish out our highlights and lowlights and wrap this sucker up. Um, the news item is that Besiktas has somehow cleared FFP regulations um, they can now spend freely. There's no more break-even analysis that has to be done. There's, yeah. there's no more, right, you have to sell enough in order to buy. There's none of that. And the benefit here, of course, is that that's not even true of Galatasaray or Fenerbahce, you know, uh, Trabzonspor. All of our rivals are still under those regulations currently uh, going into next season. Somehow Galatasaray still spends like, they're, uh, like their money's burning a hole in their wallets, but... Uh, somehow that's going to have to catch up to them. It's not particularly helpful that they're going to get Champions League money now, of course. 40 million euros, to be precise. But, um, hey, that's good news. It means that the potential for us to be able to splurge on Lijic and maybe Kagawa and hopefully, and this is um, a question we're going to... We got some, some user questions, and one of them is this. We're going to have to talk about briefly. Um, but so before I do that, because I that's I don't want to steal thunder from that segment, quickly, Evron, who's your highlight? Uh, who's your low light? Uh, low light would uh, I'm just gonna go with John Air just because I feel like he just wasn't wasn't good. I was gonna say him, yeah, damn, um, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> um, highlight, shit. <laughs> No one really played well. Um, I think Karius was very good. He made one mistake that didn't really get the best of him. Um, I mean, Lajic was probably one of our better players, but he just wasn't very, like, you know, it wasn't It wasn't like he was good. He was making a lot of mistakes. So I guess I'll give it to Karius as the highlight, but I'm sure I stole yours, but. You got like literally both of mine, man. It's such garbage what you just did there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, absolutely. John Air definitely. Uh, John Air Erkin is absolutely um, 
the man to call out today since you've already done it <sighs> who else can i talk about ec matmiran had a pretty bad game i don't blame him for as much as others do though uh Quaresma had a pretty Guven bad was, game Guven was Guven like was, uh, gone was statistically he lost nine duels and won one you know so that wasn't and I was gonna make wasn't great I was gonna make this point actually earlier which is that like uh it's one thing to say that Liaich and Kagawa on the on the wings don't work but on the other hand you had a guy like Guven out there who was like a disappearing act you know a kind of black hole of sorts totally disappeared lost the ball when he got it uh, he had one shot that was uh saved that was not too bad i think but just generally um yeah you know what i'll give it to him and it, I, and the reason I'm, I'm gonna give it to him is actually so i have an excuse to say something about him uh he shouldn't i don't i the the guven yelchin on the wing experiment was fun while it lasted but i think it's time has come and gone uh, maybe we didn't have the personnel this season, but that's all the more reason why we need to get it next season. He's not a winger. And in fact, I think we're doing him a disservice by not giving him minutes up front. Burak Yilmaz has been poor for the last three games in a row. He can be subbed off, no doubt. Like he has the ability to spark you at any moment with a goal or whatever. But like when you see him playing kind of consistently bad, for a few matches, I feel like it's okay to take the man out. He's 34, right? Like, let's, or what is he? 30, is he 34? 33. 33. 34 this summer. It's gonna be, yeah. I mean, look, it's okay to take the man out. In fact, you know what? No, I'm gonna give Barack Yilmaz today's uh, low light. God, <laughs> you could really just dish it out to anyone, it seems like. But no, I am gonna give it to Barack Yilmaz because he was poor again. And I think it's okay for us to acknowledge, like, Yes, he's a very good, effective, efficient goal scorer, but he's also prone to these matches. And like from, I think it was like the 20th or 30th minute, I already saw him not making the effort to run on the balls and then yelling at guys for passing to him, like not directly to his feet, but like, dude, run onto the ball. They're trying to, they're trying to force you into making a run because you're not showing the initiative. And that was definitely the case today. And whenever he starts gesturing to his own player, like, ah, you know, it's, it's, generally a bad sign of things to come for him so that yeah that's my low light my highlight yeah i think carius had a very good game um Liyich was good <laughs> you can't give it to kagawa because he had a nice goal but he a he didn't play much and b he let the ball up that that resulted in them scoring the winner you know who i'm going to give it to domagos vida just because why not? He didn't do anything wrong, really. And he had like, two very nice slide tackles that you overlook in a match like this because we lost uh, and where so many mistakes were made. I don't think he made them. So uh, here's to you, blonde ponytail. Um, and that's it. That's it. Except, Evram, <laughs> we have some questions. questions. We have some good fan questions today uh and i'm gonna hand them over to you because i feel like i've talked a lot this episode and so number one which one should i go with first they're both really good questions um and i feel like they might take too much time for us to answer but let's see what we can do here all right first i'll go with i'll just do it in chronological order so first 
Hitman683, at Hitman683, who's been a, a, a fan and follower of the podcast, I think, for some time. Uh, I, we always have nice uh, interactions on Twitter, I guess we could say. His question is a twofold one. One, if you had the money, what positions would you strengthen in the summer? And two, who would you rather keep, Ryajich or Kagawa? So, sir, um, you answer first. Well, I think you'd have to say in most need is at least one more winger and at least uh, probably a left back and a right back. Or that's probably what we need the most depth in. But, um, and then if I had to keep Lyage or Kogao, Lyage is younger. We already kind of have a lot of money tied up into mm-hmm. him with the, the claws. And I just think he's been, he's probably more likely just have resale value i think it makes the most sense if i had to pick one um, i think both might be able to work but large is is plan a yeah i mean i i call to mind that famous gif of the little um latin american girl who says Por qué no los dos? why not both and then the town picks her up on their shoulders. I think it's a commercial for like taco shells or something. But... Yeah, hard tacos and soft tacos. <laughs> uh, but yeah, why not both, man? Uh, I, I like the idea of keeping them both. I, naturally, I think we'd all, we would all be inclined towards Liaya just because of his performance this season, his youth, potential resale value, all of that. But on the other hand, uh, Kagawa has a lot of value financially in terms of all this, these interactions in Japan and keeping that fan base interested in the club. I'm keeping the, uh, the you know, hopefully we'll have some nice new jerseys, some shirts coming in for this next season. And so, you know, that's when you'd really want to capitalize on this new uh, venture East. Um, so if we do lose Kagawa, I hope we'll then at least maybe replace him with another Japanese player so we can keep that going. Although I will say Kagawa, because of his sort of historic status in Japan as a, as a maybe all-time great for them, uh, probably gives him more value in that regard, in that market, than like a Gotoku Sakai or um, Hasebe or something like that, right? Um, what positions? I think you pretty much covered it. I would maybe argue we need two wingers. Uh, one of them may be more of a prospect, uh, but for depth, you know, because it's not, we don't just need another winger. We also need someone to, su- to sub in, especially if we're keeping Quaresma, who's certainly not getting any younger um so i would say two wingers Uh, i agree with you we need fullbacks uh priority being on the left side john air is not the answer Uh, adriano also getting old kokan gornil has some some spark left in him but he's also quite old and injury prone so yeah two fullbacks uh a lot of people think we need to replace ec mat mirin I would argue that it's far more important that we, if we can even bring in another player beyond all of these who we've mentioned, we also need a depth at striker, right? Because if Burak Yilmaz goes down, which he is chronically injured. We have Guven. I guess, Kyle yeah, Guven, yeah, 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 Guven, Guven. Yeah, you know what? Keep Guven. I was, I was, I was thinking Kyle Lahren. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fair enough. We do have Guven. And I was just talking about how he needs to be given time as a striker. So, yeah. Good. Forget that. Uh, no, that years out alone, also. So yeah, we technically have some. Not yet. Uh, sure, <laughs> he, he's a good third option or whatever. But so yeah, uh, 
what that leaves me with is if there's if we have room for more than the the wings and flanks defensively, uh, I would suggest more than replacing Isi Matmidin, we should think about getting a central midfielder, defensive midfielder, maybe a guy who can kind of cover both. Um, you know, like think about like Nuri Shaheen, right? He'd be a good. I feel like he'd be perfect. Uh, he just went to order Bremen this season. I don't think. I think that time is has passed. Well, the problem is his age. Yeah, uh, and and now that yeah, we're I wanted not, him this summer, but but remember now we are talking about our like fifth or sixth transfer at this point. So you're not going to be splurging on a guy. You know that might be the kind of move that sort of holds you over for at least a year. Um, maybe we can win the Europa I'll, League. I would be open for it, but I'm not going to count on it. But anyway, even if not, he you know someone. Who fits that profile you know who can play back but but also contribute going forward um we really have a need for that but yeah so i think that pretty much answers that question uh do you have anything else to say no <laughs> okay <laughs> uh yeah exactly uh i think that pretty much covers it uh the last question comes from very famous contributor to the podcast, Danny Pierce. Uh, we have a funny rapport, making fun of each other back and forth and stuff. He asked, do you think this, uh, I suppose he means, has been a good season or a bad one? Um, seeing as before the winter break was all doom and gloom, or now we have finished third as we will beat Kasim Pasha and we have qualified for the Europa League group stages, is it acceptable? Some typos there, but I'll, I'll look past them, Danny. Uh, so, what do you think? Was the, what were these results acceptable? Uh, um, was this a good season? Like the whole season, the whole season wasn't very good. I don't, we got knocked out of the group stage by Malmo. Um, that was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, you know really bad first half of the season. What did we end like seventh? Or something like that. Uh, yeah, and we dropped uh, as low as like 12th or 13th at one point. Yeah. Um, and then we blew it again at the last couple games. Uh, we never really played well. Um, there's really not a lot of good things to say. It's just glad it's over or almost over. As long as we can win the last game, it won't be a complete failure. It'll just be like a, like a billet season. Except with even less excitement because at least with Billets we used to beat Tottenham in the Europa League and then we'd be like yeah but then this is just like there was nothing really nothing good about it yeah uh, I I hear that I totally hear that um, yeah sorry Danny I'm not I'm not on board with that either I think it was a complete failure of a season we finished third place in a year where Basak here finished ahead of us um, and like for all the fanfare Besiktas has gotten, the talent they have—it's not like they have a better team than Besiktas. They're all thirty-two plus, you know. Uh, I their collapse shows the, the perhaps age and and stamina became an issue, but beyond that, it shows that their fortitude wasn't there. All in all, not a good look. I think we can say from the team, third place is never you know, a quote-unquote acceptable result for a club like Besiktas. We're always trying to win a championship. This seems like it was a good year to do it, honestly, if you consider 
who finished ahead of us and how they played throughout the year. So it's uh, it's it's an I'm I'm gonna take this L personally, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, new blood up top, you know, in our manager position. I don't think Shano Ganesh. If anything, what I, what I mean to say is I think he's done his legacy poorly this season. He's not helped how he'll be viewed long term. He'll still be seen as a club legend, having won two titles with us and all that and we'll probably hire him in like five years <laughs> when we're out of answers yet again uh as we tend to do uh, you know luchesco being an example perhaps but um yeah when all things are said and done i don't think this was a good year at all and i don't think it was acceptable and i don't know that we can really immediately write off cousin pasha next week and assume we're gonna win because we're probably a bit low on morale having watched the today set off fireworks across the bay and all of that um but so yeah man everon that's it we've, we've answered all the questions we've talked all about the yeah. match i just want you to quickly do a little hashtag shinji watch and we've already pretty much done it but can you very succinctly wrap up his performance um it was came in at halftime, had like a a positive-ish, I'll say positive uh, impact. It definitely, we looked better as a team, but it was a little bit too little, too late kind of thing. And then when he did score the equalizer, he unfortunately contributed to the goal we had conceded. So it's kind of like you can't blame him, but it doesn't exactly it doesn't help, right? Was it? Yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> So, it certainly prevents you from giving him like a man of the match <laughs> by any yeah, stretch. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think overall he showed he was better. Like with him and Lias, it was better offensively, but it still wasn't. There's still something lacking. It wasn't his fault exactly, but it just it wasn't. He didn't do enough for me to be like, oh my god. You need Kagawa just now. To, yeah. 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 Especially for the amount he'll cost and his age and all those things. Well, and here's a positive note on that. He might not It's if the much. price is right kind of thing. You know? Right. And one benefit of him having come off the bench this whole season for Bechdel is he, that may have driven down his cost. Uh, and that may have been the intention. He, was, he clearly had the quality to have been fit into the squad somehow. But I think maybe, and this might be wishful thinking, giving them more credit than they deserve, but perhaps they intentionally kind of uh diminished his value so that he'd come real cheap if they did decide to you know and, and there's been a lot of talk of him maybe they're in agreement already being in place that Besiktas could afford the main question i think is does he want to stick around if there's the chance he doesn't start yeah he'd probably need some sort of an assurance which he couldn't get since we don't even technically have a manager in place for next season. Um, so, that, you know, there are some things that will have to be resolved clearly, but uh, yeah, I don't know. All in all, I'm more in favor of us trying to keep him and, you know, it's it's a talent that like, given where we are, I don't think we can really pass up on uh, if he's there for us to take. But yeah, hopefully next week we'll see something. Uh, he'll get maybe a, a full match to, to wrap up yeah, the with season. all 25 fans in the stadium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, poor guy. He probably thought this would go a little better. Although, I mean, he came to a side that was doing much worse than the table, and here we are, uh, much better. Yeah. So I don't. You couldn't say it's because of him, but he did score four goals. He has a very good 
rate of goals per minute on the pitch, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's been... He, I just... Not that he's been bad in any way. I just think it wasn't what we all hoped for, what we needed. You know, we needed something like for him to carry the team on his back. You know, that's, I think that's what kind of like some of the expectations were. And instead, he was just good. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being good, but we were kind of in desperate need for something more than good. <sighs> Indeed. that You can definitely say that much. Um, yeah, man. Closing thoughts, Evron. So, I guess before we, we officially close out, uh, first of all, we need to talk a little bit about next week. So, as I've <laughs> slightly alluded to already, uh, we have Kasim Pasha next week. Um, yeah. Kasim Pasha is coming to Vodafone Park Sunday. Uh, they haven't announced it yet. I think that they they weren't announcing match times because uh, they thought it would come down to the final match day, and so they're all going to be scheduled at the same time, I believe, on Sunday. Uh, do you have any confirmation? Do you see anything, everyone? No, I've seen the just all the games at the same time. Yeah, it's so. the TBD to be decided. So stay yeah. tuned. Of course, check your local listings as always, because. It'll be the same time as the Trabzon game. That's yeah, I, I assume it will be on at noon here, uh, eastern coast of the United States, here on the eastern coast, uh, which means, again, probably like a 6 or a 7 for you guys in, in various phases of Europe. <laughs> uh, but So, yeah, just check your local listings. Uh, they're going to have to update that at some point. Um, until then, stay tuned. Uh, the, the transfer season is going to kick off, and so, like I said, next week we'll have a real wrap-up of the season, talk about what we want going into the summer, what we hope for next season, maybe, all of that good stuff. But so, yeah, man, for me, peace out. Evron, you want to say goodbye to these folks? Uh, hopefully next week will be better. That's I mean, who cares? <laughs> that Whatever, yeah. Hopefully we'll, we'll lock down third. No, okay. I, don't, I shouldn't be such a nihilist. Yes, we need to lock down third. Yeah, but so uh, follow my man Evron over here at fan of BJK. Shout out to the NYCD or whatever the hell that is. Uh, follow myself on Twitter as well at sir underscore writes underscore a lot. Although I write just a little, maybe. <laughs> I don't really write much at all anymore. But... Uh, Follow the podcast at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow the mothership at Pesiktash underscore INT. Of course, the news cycle is about to hit that 24-7 all hands on deck stage, of course, as transfers start coming in and news of a coach and his assistants and, you know, the election's already wrapped up, so that's done for. But, yeah, stay tuned. Um, Yeah, see you around, guys. And as always... Even though there's maybe even no point in doing this anymore. But there's always no point, isn't there? Go Bessington!
Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.